You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. Okay, so what have we got today? We have uh, another Star Wars book, Star Wars Master and Apprentice. Now, this isn't the first book we've discussed about um, what happens before the Skywalker saga begins. And, and, and a lot of these books are just to provide context. And what I mean by that is, like, we have the High Republic coming. And the High Republic is not going to be this grand, you know, it's going to be this grand new adventure. It's not going to be, you know, tied back to what we already know. I mean, Yoda's going to be there and it's going to be references to things that exist 200 years in the future. But the point is it's going to be, you know, it's going to be mostly detached. Um, These, Master and Apprentice and Dooku, Jedi Lost, are both... um, closer to the the action, for lack of a better word. They're closer to um, where we are in it, and it provides more context. Um, this might be the most... I don't want to say the most political, because Star Wars is a very political beast innately, going back to 1978, where it was a critique of the Vietnam War, then it was a critique of the Bush and Cheney administration... And it, it's not... It, it, Star Wars has always been a political animal of a franchise. Um, but in this regard, um, this might be the most topical um, Star Wars media that I've read so far. Um, in that it, it's about corporate interests and, you know, corporate interests interacting with democracy and, you know, going from a a monarchy, a monarchy, um, a monarchy system of government in a lot of places into uh, a more democratic one and how, how the corporate interests outweigh and, you know, how we kind of turn a blind eye if the corporate interests are doing something that may be beneficial to other people. And it's a very unique animal in that regard. I keep saying animal. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, and I, I, I like the way that they kind of handle that. I like that it's a, um, it's a deeply, like, relevant book. That said, there are some aspects of it that kind of feel too close to the real world. Like, Star Wars has always been a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And in that regard, you can kind of not use modern slang. Um... And one of the first times it really stuck out to me in this book, and it kind of happened too with uh, Afra a few weeks back, um, was we have uh, Rail, Rail Avaros, who was a former Jedi who gets, you know, put into kind of like a, a pseudo-exile after his Padawan dies. Um, and there's a scene where Qui-Gon walks down from having sex, and he says, you know, it's not against the Jedi code to get laid. Exactly like that. It's not me paraphrasing, he says it's not against the Jedi Code to get laid. And 
it kind of takes you out of it to an extent because that kind of slang doesn't really feel befitting the universe. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, Star Wars is above this kind of slang, but, like, it using modern terminology and modern slang kind of takes it out of the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, where, it, that, you know, it gives you an excuse to not use a ton of language, and then when it does get used, it kind of takes you out of it. Because it's not something that's commonly done across all media. Um, it's an interesting book. I really like what they did. Um, and the other thing it really does, it kind of hammers home this belief that the Jedi during the Twilight of the Republic era, which it, it, I don't know if that's just the way they called it during uh, Disney Infinity, or if it's, you know, the, the proper terminology, they they referred to it as the, the, the Twilight of the Republic, um, which is the, the end, uh, the prequel era. Um, and it's like we, one of the, the critiques of the Jedi of the prequel era is that they're too beholden to the Republic. They're too beholden to doing what helps the Republic and not what helps people. And that's one of the criticisms that we see Luke Skywalker really have with the Jedi in The Last Jedi. As he says, it became a political arm of the uh, of the Republic. It became something more than it needed to be, and that ended up causing the Jedi's downfall. Is that they became arrogant and they became they thought they were more powerful than they were, and that ended up har- harming them in the long run. Um, and all of this expanded media kind of really ties into that in a way, because like that we start with Jedi lost, and then we continue here. We see. Yoda and the, and the rest of the Jedi Council really doing what befits the Republic, like completely turning a blind eye to slavery and all of this stuff, which we knew that Qui-Gon wasn't going to do based on what he did in, you know, The Phantom Menace, where it's like, I mean, and even that, it was kind of iffy, because it's like, we freed him, but we let his mother stay in slavery, and, you know, it, it, it feels like, it, it's just kind of strange to an extent, um... And it, it kind of drives home this thing that, like, even the Jedi are willing to turn a blind eye to atrocities if it benefits something else. So, like, the, the whole point of this is they want this treaty to be signed, this horrible treaty that harms the people of this one world, um, because they want this hyperspace corridor that would go past it. And because they want that, and they, they kind of have to live with what happens as a result of trying to get this, this hyperspace mm-hmm. corridor, and they're kind of okay with just living with that, like, as a, uh, as, as a side effect. Um, and it's a core world, too. It's not far, because they talk about how, they talk about Naboo, and they talk about Alderaan, so it's in that same region of space, and it's just kind of like, no, we gotta kind of let it go, even though, you know, slavery's outlawed, the corporation has slavery, and we're just gonna turn a blind eye to it. it it's just kind of weird. Um, and... I want more books from this era. And I've started listening to uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising, which is the new Thrawn book by Timothy Zahn. And one of the things that... I'm I'm pretty early into it. I don't want to get too, too much into it. That's not what I'm talking about here. But one of the questions that when this book was announced I had was, does this... Will this answer some unknown question about Thrawn? I mean... Because let's be honest, like, we don't need anything further about Thrawn's backstory than we already have. Like, I genuinely believe that. I think we have enough story for Thrawn. Like, we understand where he came from, and we understand all that. The only time that more backstory would be interesting is if this is going to come into play somewhere else. And it's like, 
we talk about Star Wars, people always talk about adapting media, and it's like, well, all of Star Wars is meant to be one interconnected story that you can listen, you can watch or not watch as much as you want and still be able to have kind of the same experience. But if I'm listening to Thrawn Ascendancy, I kind of want that to come into play somewhere. Like, are the Chiss going to invade? Are the Chiss going to side with the New Republic or the Newer Republic and, you know, team up to fight the Gris? Or what is going on? Like, like I don't think that in the grand scheme of what is now not canon and what is canon, I don't think that we need a story about the origin of the conflict between the Grist and the, the Chiss. Because, like, quite honestly, that doesn't really impact the Jedi or the Sith. And that is, at its core, what Star Wars is about. Um, and the other thing is, it's like, this book doesn't really even go into that deep of an origin for Thrawn as I'm listening to it. Because, like, we're starting out, and Thrawn is already kind of a military genius. I'm in Chapter 2, and he's not really making any mistakes. Like... They, they, again, it's like, oh, Thrawn made a mistake, and then it's like, all of a sudden, it works out for the best. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, I, I hate using this word, and I said we should retire it a few weeks ago when I did an episode about Rey. Like, Rey gets called a Mary Sue. Thrawn is a Mary Sue. If we're going to call any character in Star Wars that term, which is an inc- a term we shouldn't be using it to begin with, but if we're talking about a character that's entirely wish fulfillment by the author, who is only there... And never makes a mistake, and everyone uh, kind of gets along with him. Thrawn's 100% that person. The people who he doesn't get along with, he gets one. He gets it over on. He has no um, conflict that he has to deal with that he can't do on his own. Like, there's no stakes in any book that has Thrawn in it. Because at the end of the day, any book where Thrawn's the protagonist, Thrawn's gonna win. Anything where Thrawn isn't the protagonist, he's going to do just enough damage where he almost wins, and then he loses. For, for whatever reason. Um, and I, 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 like, if we're going to explore more in the expanded universe, I, I wonder, like, are we, are they just going to write and saying, what do you want to tell a story of? And then Zahn was like, let me continue telling Thrawn's story. Or are they like, we want a Thrawn story. And, like, if that's the case, and they're, they're picking what people are doing, and they're like, hey, we want a writer to do this, can we get some other, you know, Twilight of the Republic stories, like, other things from right before it, it, the the end, like, can we have a canon version of Plagueis, or just make Plagueis canon, like, can we get, like, what, like, the history of the Sith, can we get, like, a history of the Jedi, can we get, like, there's so much you can explore that happened in this time period, right before the Skywalker saga begins, and they just don't for whatever reason, and now we have another Thrawn book that takes ambiguously during the prequels, or even, I would say before the prequels, because there's part of the, uh, the second book, Alliances, that takes place during episode, between episode two and three, during the Clone Wars. Um, so, if you haven't read Master and Apprentice yet, I would definitely check it out. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. I think there's even a, uh, a paperback copy if you don't want to get the hardcover. Um, you can get it on Audible. You can get it on Libby if your library carries it. There's no shortage of ways to listen to this book, and I would definitely recommend you listen to it. It's a very interesting read. Um, it's a very well-done book, too. Um, and, um, yeah. Um, I will say this, though, about the audiobook. It's not narrated by Mark Thompson, which is a little jarring to begin with. Uh, considering how many books I've listened to that were narrated by Mark Thompson. So, like I said, I'm currently listening to Thrawn Ascendancy. Um, that will be the next Star Wars book we do. And then I might do... They have abridged versions of... Um, what's it called? Abridged versions of um, 
New Jedi Order available on Libby. I might do that next. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. and uh, Or we'll just finish up the Hand of Thrawn duology. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue with that next time. So until then, have a great rest of your week.